Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now You Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest has been active in the music industry as a musician, songwriter, and producer for more than 20 years. He has collaborated with artists such as Beck and Macy Gray, among others, and he has been the drummer for Crowded House for nine years. He has appeared on shows ranging from Saturday Night Live, Jay Leno, Jimmy Fallon, Conan O'Brien, and Jimmy Kimmel and has performed at festivals such as Coachella, Bonnaroo, and Glastonbury. Last year, he opened Boneyard Recordings, a studio in the hills northwest of downtown Nashville. You have been hearing a song called Easy Takedown by Andy David, which my guest co-wrote, produced, and played on. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show Matt Sherrod. Hello. (laughs) Matt, how you doing? Great to have you on board. I'm well, thank you. Actually, to correct, it should be Andy Davis. Just Andy so can... Davis. All right. Yeah, sorry. There you go. I stand corrected. Um, well, um, I, I almost felt like I might have had to get an oxygen treatment during that intro. Anyways, wow. Good, good stuff. A whole, a whole lot there and, and a whole lot that, that we're going to be talking about today. Awesome. Um, let's start off by having you talk about that song that we were just playing, though, Easy Takedown. All right. Uh, That's by an artist named Andy Davis, who is or was a resident of Nashville, Tennessee, is where I met him. He now lives in L.A. Um, He's had uh, a little bit of success. Uh, He's in a group or a collective of musicians that's here in Nashville called 10 Out of 10. And that includes um, K.S. Rhodes, uh, Butterfly Butcher. Um, a, a bunch of just great artists that, that are around Nashville singer-songwriters, and they make a band, and they tour with that band. Um, he's also put out a bunch of records, Heartbreak Yellow, um, the new EP, which is called Easy Takedowns. Um, uh, let's see, Let the Woman... I can't think of that song's name. Oh, anyway, he's an awesome artist, and um, uh, we've been collaborating, and I've played with him a ton, and... Um, we decided to write together um and that is the culmination of one of the songs and i'm actually about to start mixing another song that we worked on called um black lace and hopefully that'll be out in the next month as you know just do them and put them out that's the great (laughs) thing about music today but uh, I, I mentioned in the intro that, that you were the drummer for Crowded House, but in fact, you did not only play drums. I, I said that you played on that song, but you did not only play drums. Yeah, I played actually that song. I played everything uh, except for trumpet, vocals. I sang a little backgrounds, 
um, but bass, guitar, keys, programming, drums, whatever. You know, jack of all trades, yeah. master of none. Yeah. That's basically yeah. my... Uh, jack of all trades, that's exactly... You took the words right out of my mouth to quote Meatloaf. Um, and, and, you know, so many times on this show, I find myself referring listeners way back to episode number eight when Dominic Pages was the guest and he talked about the new economy and how today in the music business, everyone is wearing multiple hats. Very, very few people are operating in, in just one role. And, and Matt, you're a perfect example of that. People would hear, wow, drummer for Crowded House, but wait, why is he doing all this other stuff? So I, I wonder, is it the the economics of the music landscape or is it just varied interests on your part or or something else or or a combination what why did you choose to wear so many hats um you know it just was kind of the thing that developed i started off playing music and like even as a kid playing the drums was kind of my first instrument but i always loved the piano uh in music when i'd listen to different music like uh, Zeppelin and The Who. Not only did I love like John Bonham and Keith Moon and, you know, different things, but I loved Jimmy Page and I loved Robert Plant. I mean, the vocals. And, uh, and so you just kind of like to be able to, you know, express yourself in those ways. And then as I got into the music industry, you know, it was kind of, I didn't play drums for a long time. I just programmed and produced and started engineering and, and ultimately did that and then writing songs came from kind of the culmination of that and then i'd write with people and they realized that i may play drums on the record or i play on the demo and they go hey you want to go on tour and then that opened up a whole nother thing and you know just having your own studio was part of that you know we would get budget money and we realized we're paying like a ton of money to a studio (laughs) and it's like hey we should just have our own studio and that's got me into doing that and then now it is definitely there's no money to be made in actual you know the music business or well there's some but it's hard to come by and it's and it's scarce so i've always had a studio and i've always always wanted that creative space to to have the time to just relax and not be under the gun and have the tools i need to do what i need to do and and that teaches you a lot. And then um, I'm a learner. Uh, you know, all the different people I've worked with and with Crowded House, we've made records with some amazing producers. Uh, um, Jim Scott, uh, Nick Lanay, um, Ethan Johns. Uh, so you learn. You're like, you're, these are world-class people. And so I'm like, oh, that's the trick. And that's the trick. And you work with people like Beck and Macy Gray and different. And you see their process. And you're like, ah, oh, you don't have to be this to do this. You, you don't have to be the best guitar player to write a great song. You don't have to be, you know. So, you know, just getting that confidence to just know that you can put it out there and stand by it and you try to make it work the best you can, at least so it moves you in some degree. You don't have to be a shredder, but you can, if you can move people, then that's the thing in any facet of it. Nicely said. And, and I was, I, I keyed in on one, one particular part of what you just said, which was that you kind of stepped away from the drums for a little while. And, and the first thing you, that you said that you went to was engineering. So is it just, you know, I was interested at the because I'm I'm getting this picture in my mind for whatever reason that you were very young at that particular time. Yes. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, probably a few years out of high school. So 
that would be and and actually even junior high school i had got a four track was my first four track i ever got mm-hmm. and i was always interested in technology and how you could just do stuff by yourself multi-track you know play everything and and it was easy also not to rely on people like I need an engineer or I have to have this person to do this and, and I'm stuck if I don't have that person. So you just kind of persevere and try to, you know, make it work and then you just get better. And you don't tr- I think the biggest thing even in the, this industry is just don't be discouraged. Just move forward. That's that's great advice, especially, you know, coming from someone that's that's coming at this from a Nashville frame of reference. And, you know, the the other point I wanted to make is is one of the many reasons why I wanted to have you on today is because, you know, in in Nashville, people and we've talked about this countless times on, on this show over the over the first 100 plus episodes that people just picture Nashville as being only country music and they basically only think of songwriters and and I know that you are a songwriter but that's just a very small part of the overall big picture that is Matt Sherrod and so it is nice to see somebody who's there in Nashville that is not just doing country music and is not only a songwriter yeah I'm meeting more and more and actually a lot of my friends from LA are moving here which is mm. very interesting it's like uh you know seven years ago when i moved here i was like saying goodbye to everybody in la and then lo and behold they're all here now <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's quite interesting it's it's getting more diverse there's a lot of great musicians um that's kind of one of the reasons the economy here it's cheap i mean i lived in la all my life and it, to to live how i live here in la would just wouldn't happen i'd have to make millions and millions of dollars to do that mm. To yeah. be as close to town and to able to have the, 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 the situation where I live and, and do all that and raise a family and all that. Um, and it's just a wealth of musicians and, and music as opposed to L.A., which I always found was weird is because there's that the acting component that happens there there's the, the the movie industry and i would work with a lot of artists and they'd be you know i can't come to the studio or i can't work today because i got an audition to be in a movie or i gotta you know and it's like everybody's trying to do a ton of stuff nobody's really that committed i've really found here there's a pride in being good at your craft as a musician and um i'm um, i i really like that I, I meet people young people who are just focused so focused on i'm going to be the best violin player or the best pedal steel player or you know these kind of instruments or guitar player or whatever and um i just like that and being from a lot of different backgrounds and and into a lot of different music it's fun to plug different kinds of musicians into different things that i'm doing so um and i get to play a lot i play a lot more just in in town gigs than i ever did in la Hmm. As far as with different artists, um, I'm playing with a guy named Alex uh, Deason, who was the frontman for uh, the Danwells, if you know that band, if you've ever heard of that band. They're a New York band, really good. Um, he's releasing a record. He actually lives in L.A. from New York, but the record label he's signed to is here. So his record <laughs> release party is here. And it's a most everybody in that band is from New York, <laughs> but there's like one Nashvilleian. One person from, I'm not sure where our background singer's from, but it's just a funny little combination <laughs> of people. And you just, you don't see that that much in LA. It's not the community and it's not each person kind of calling a friend. I have a gig and get all these different cool people together and play. 
Yeah, and obviously everybody knows that in Nashville, you are going to get absolutely the best studio musicians. Never mind, you know, people that come through there that, and I've, I've talked about this a little bit before, but, but people who only sing, you know, and all of a sudden they want to go to a writer's night and they have nobody, you know, they don't, they don't play. So, you know, they can get just a, a, a tremendous guitar player to come and play for them. Or I, I've even, I've even been at writer's nights in Nashville and, and seen, you know, a, a piano player or someone who, you know, who, who basically just was, was walked in that day, handed the music. And, and of course, you know, they read the national number system and, and uh, you know that's that's really amazing, and it is that it is exact, exactly that that community that, that you're describing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing here. I, I enjoy living here, and uh, it was the best move I ever made. I can't I can't really complain, actually. Well, when did you make the move to to Music City, and 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 why? What what brought you there from Los Angeles? I mean, like I said, I, I moved in 2009. Uh, uh, me and my wife started looking at the time she wasn't my wife. Me and my then girlfriend started looking in 2008. And I think we ended up getting a house in the end of 2008. And I drove from L.A. Uh, in February 2009. And like I said, I had friends here who had already moved here, friends who were in the music business. And since this is the last bastion of the actual music industry, as far <laughs> as major labels and that kind of thing, uh, my, 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 one of my best friend's wife, she does promotion for um, Warner. Uh, Warner Music, and mm-hmm. she moved from LA. They shipped her out here, and they all moved, and, uh. and that was definitely a factor of me coming here. And I had been here on tour. Um, uh, actually, funny thing is, 2006 when we were on tour, when I was on tour with Beck, he we went to Blackbird Studios and recorded for a day just for fun, and uh, just more of that rubbed off on me. And um, funny again is that track that I played on the Blackbird chain from his last record, Morning Phase, was recorded at Blackbird years later, mm. probably, you know, 2011 or 2012. I think we did that. So it's just funny. People come here to record because it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's start breaking down some of these different roles that, that you're playing first and foremost for the listeners who are just meeting Matt Sherrod for the first time, talk about your career as a drummer because you you have not only played with Crowded House. In fact, I know you've even been playing with Tim Halperin, who was one oh, yeah. of the top 12 males on season 10 of American Idol and was the guest on episode 70 of this show. Yeah, he was the catalyst for us meeting him. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. Uh, we'll move backwards. Um, Tim Halpern, I've been playing with recently, and it's been fun because that's a very odd thing. We do it duo, um, and I run tracks, uh, some tracks on my laptop, and then trigger stuff live so we can break it down and do different things. And he sings, plays the piano, and and people love it. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> fun. So we've done, we've just did a run um, la- the, uh, up to the uh, like summer till the end of last year, opening for Dave, Barn and Dave Barnes and Matt Wirtz, if you know who they are. Um, and um, That is a pretty unique duo structure to have piano and, and percussion, you have piano and drums. You know, people, yeah, well, hear, people hear duo and they think, you know, it's probably two people playing guitar, you know, or, or guitar and piano, but not, uh, not piano and drums. Well, you know, it's another Nashvillian who kind of made that famous is Jack White, which is the White Stripes, which was a duo guitar drums. So 
And 21 Pilots, which is a, well, one of my favorite kind of current bands, that's drums and a singer. And the singer does play keyboards, too. So and I, I think it's just not that odd to have stuff coming from the computer. And we kind of do it in such a way where it's it's a it's a good you get a feel of a band playing. And so that that works out, you know, really, really good. So Tim Halpern, I play with um, Beck. I did for uh, from 2004 till 2007 and that uh, ranged like through the information record Guero and then I recorded with him on different projects Charlotte Gainsbourg um, his last record uh, we did Nacho Libre soundtrack um, mm. and other things um, uh, Ryan Bingham who wrote uh, you ever see that, that movie Crazy Heart with Jeff Bridges I have not uh, it's about a washed up songwriter who hmm come kind of makes a comeback anyway ryan wrote the title track with t-bone burnett for that and actually won an academy award for that that mm. soundtrack and me and actually my wife who plays bass she we toured with him and i played on his the record before his last one which, which uh was tomorrowland um let's see who else um oh, crowded house uh, which i've been doing for a while um uh, a guy named Stevie Salas, who is a, he's like a guitar hero everywhere in the world, but United States. So we toured <laughs> Japan, Europe. Um, he's a, um, an artist rep for um, wa- um, oh, uh, Warwick and Framus Guitars. Um, you'll, if you ever go to NAMM shows or any music kind of things, you'll see him. He's a shredder kind of guy. <laughs> and so we do that. Um, and through him, I've met a few different people. Um, yeah, uh, just whoever. Um, Andy Davis I played with. Uh, I can't think. I mean, there's been a lot. Daniel Martin Moore, who's a singer-songwriter. I did some stuff on his uh, uh, a record a few years back. Um, uh, yeah, I was, it was hard, actually, when I was working on that bio to pull more current stuff. And I realized there's just so much stuff that I'm leaving out hmm. that I can't even remember. Wow. Wow. And, and, and this isn't, you know, listeners, this obviously is not a guest who's 60 years old. It's, it's amazing, uh, to have done that much and say there's probably more and I'm, and I'm just forgetting. I wondered, uh, you just mentioned in there, the NAM show, did you go to the one that just took place? In no, in, um, uh, January. No, I did not. I, I kind of missed out about LA going to the NAM show, but on the other hand, I'm gear crazy. And if you'd ever, if you like go to my website, boneyardrecordings.com, you'll see that I'm gear crazy. There's a lot of gear in that. <laughs> it's, it's gear porn, definitely. <laughs> um, and yeah, I try to just not worry about it and stick to the music. I feel like I have most everything I need as far as gear. So I try not to go online and look on eBay too much for things. <laughs> and I try to, you know, my wife is, would be very happy if I curtailed my gear. Um, yeah, she's, she's probably thinking of putting some of those uh, settings on your computer like adults put so their children can't get to certain <laughs> websites. I got to make it so that Matt can't get to eBay anymore or the, or the following or the following uh, retail sites where he's, he's purchased way too much. From. Yeah, well, that, that's yeah. I just got eBay savvy recently. And that's definitely. <laughs> so now I, I've scaled it down to now that I've been engineering and actually mixing and doing stuff more like that, I'm kind of more getting really technical savvy, really figuring out things about microphones and tubes and different kinds of tubes and what's class A discrete and yeah, geeking out yeah, in that yeah. in that way. Very good. I am Bruce Wozniak and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville is musician, songwriter, and producer Matt Sherrod. 
check out his studio's website at www.boneyardrecordings.com. That's boneyardrecordings.com. The studio is also on Facebook and on SoundCloud, which is one of the locations where the show can be found. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net, as in now hear this entertainment, nhte.net. For every episode of this show, we've got the full audio there, plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each episode. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it so easy to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or by following on SoundCloud. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook, and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you very much. And please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. I've mentioned only one of them already, uh, Tim Halperin. As always, many thanks, of course, to those who are not first-time listeners. I very much appreciate your time and your interest and support. Uh, Matt, let's get back to talking about some of your different roles. Talk to the listeners about Matt Sherrod, the songwriter. Um, when you were mentioning earlier kind of the, the transition that you went through um, growing up in L.A. and being a drummer and then you became an engineer, et cetera, um, I'd, I'd like to hear more about um, about you having developed as a songwriter. Well, I mean, it was kind of a necessity or not necessity. It just took shape. In, uh, in the sense that I was, like I said, into technology. I started having a four track. I started trying to uh, record. So what was I going to record? I needed to write some songs. So, and, you know, I'm a music lover. So I just, uh, you know, started doing that. And, um, you know, uh, tried to take, uh, I took some classes in L.A. There was a, a school called Grove School of Music and uh, hmm. Harmony and Theory. The, the, and the Dick Grove School? Yeah, do you know that's cool? Well, it's amazing because just last week on the show, we had uh, Ned Ginsburg, who's a composer and orchestrator in New York, and he talked about having gone through the Dick Grove School, and he said, oh, it is no longer, but, and, you know, spoke very highly of it. So yeah. just a tremendous coincidence two weeks yeah, in a row. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I mean, actually, it was funny because I was, um, you're supposed, it's kind of, you usually go there after high school, but I actually started there when I, my last year in junior high, and I actually had to have my parents come there and sign a permission slip, and wow. I only could go part-time before I could take the full-time program. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was a good community to meet musicians. I, it was kind of like high school, and I was always a little awkward in high school, so I didn't enjoy the social aspect of it. But um, you get to meet like what I thought at the time was real musicians who are working and doing the thing. And, you know, it was very interesting. I definitely learned stuff that um, stayed with me, some core fundamentals and, you know, a lot about harmony and theory and what all, you know, went into composition and, you know, rules. And, and you know, for example, they use for their harmony theory, a lot of the teachers use Stevie Wonder as an example of like how chords relate. They would always use these different songs and things. And I just, I'm a Stevie Wonder freak. So mm -hmm. I always thought that was cool. You know, just being a kid, you just, you know, it was, it was, it was awesome. Um, and then 
Um, I, you know, I, I was lucky enough to meet musicians and things uh, growing up. And my dad knew a few people from what he, well, from his early time as being a, a college professor in L.A. And he knew people at the Musicians Union. So I would meet friends of his mm. and then, uh, you know, just... And I always love like people like Quincy Jones and, you know, David Foster and just you know, random at that time, 80s, that kind of stuff. And and I just felt like, you know, composition was definitely something if you could do that, that was something in there that would was would sustain you maybe a little more than just being an instrumentalist. And that combination with that and being kind of a gear geek and, and recording my friends' bands, helping my friends write songs or helping them record songs, um, you know, just started making music. And then MIDI happened and then that was even more <laughs> – you could do more with keyboards and drum machines and you didn't have to have all this other stuff and or musicians. And, and then, yeah, I mean, then me and my brothers started going to clubs, more my brother – Started going to clubs and going, hey, we should just do hip hop or R&B. That was something we were into and club music. And so we started doing that. And that kind of led to different meeting different people and different stuff. And and then lo and behold, we're producing. Uh, I think I mentioned in my bio this this girl named Tracy Spencer, who was funny when we talk about like uh, um, the voice and uh, and um, American Idol. Well, in the 80s, there was Star Search. Hmm. Yeah. And she actually, if I'm not mistaken, won Star Search at 12. Oh, my gosh. And so she sounded like an adult singing. And she did a couple records. And one of those records, me and my brother produced and wrote most of the songs. And it was a big record for her. And so then that just got the ball rolling. And, And then, you know... Jack of all trades, master of none, floating around. Yeah, uh, it sounds like there was no question that that you were always going to be going into music. There, there wasn't this, you know. Well, I'm flirting with it. I uh, have some interest, but you know, I'm still pursuing. Nope, it was it was music all the way. Yeah, for you, no question pretty, about it. Yeah, pretty much. And then and then that just you know you you learn how to write songs and and I write with other people and you know co-write with other people and. Just, uh, you know, and, and then making tracks for like R&B and pop, you instantly co-write because you, in, you, you, you write the music or you develop the track. So, you know, that's just writing, you know. And, well, not and, to mention that being in Nashville, you're required by law to co-write. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's in, uh, you know, another coincidence you mentioned in there, um, Quincy Jones and, and people of that nature and, and, and Ned, the, the one that I had on last week that went to the Dick Grove School. Uh, I, I was I was trying in in the introduction of that show to to think of a guest that I had on that would kind of be along the same lines, meaning that he wasn't the typical guest that I usually have on this show on a regular basis, you know, singer songwriter with a new album kind of thing, and uh, and because he's a composer and an orchestrator and just kind of the the society that he's around. I talked about episode fifty seven, a gentleman by the name of Ron Modell who is a longtime trumpeter and music educator and uh, very good friends with Quincy Jones. So just kind of, it's all coming full, full circle. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. 
Today's bonus is learn the lingo. In sticking with the mindset that you and your music are a business, know what acronyms like KPI and ROI and USP and so many others mean. Don't be caught bewildered during a business conversation because you don't speak the language. It's naive to think that all you need to have is just music knowledge. Brush up on your business vocabulary and present yourself as a well-rounded professional. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. How about that? Helpful? There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show to make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format. There is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1 and a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 2 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40 and 41 to 80 respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. So the other hat that that you wear that that we've mentioned is is as a producer. I wonder um do you know what was your very first foray into producing and and how did it come about? Oh, I mean, I I I I mean, I going back to, you know, Christmas of 1985 and me and my buddy making a kind of a Larry Carlton, Pat Metheny record Ah. (laughs) on on my four track, I think was my first, I mean, not my first foray, foray, but definitely the first attempt to actually congeal all these elements to make something that you could listen to. Mm -hmm. And in a few songs, we never got to make a whole record, but we got like four songs done. Um, and it, and to this day, I listen to it and go, it's just amazing. That was the four track and that was us kids like 15. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it, it all by necessity. I don't think I've ever set out to do one thing. I've always just kept it open, kept my options open and, and then jump in where I can jump in and, you know, and try to help out. And, you know, if you need something and it was funny because after I kind of got in the music business, a, a thing that I did a lot, it seemed was, help or not A&R people would come to me to help them pull records out of the dumps like they'd mm. have an artist and they've done a record and it wasn't very good and can you fix it up did a lot of fixing up mm. actually which was a good education uh, as far as fixing stuff up and remixing mm-hmm. just you know can you make a new track for this can you mm. you know so that was that was definitely yeah, it's all encompassing for me. It's not one thing. And actually, that's what kept me, has kept me or sustained me for this long because, you know, I'm just kind of getting back into, uh, in an official capacity, writing and producing because I've been in bands for a long time. Like back, I did for three and a half years, Crowded House, I've been in for a while. And you get into those kind of things, it's very myopic, whereas that you're just in that world. You don't do much else because you're so right. busy doing right. that touring promo with Crowded House. Since I'm a member of the band, I do promo. You know, you just you're in it and you're just really dealing with your own little world right there. And I've always in hotel rooms or wherever I have a rig that I bring and I always write and record. And so I had all these ideas coming out of that as recently and just were like, OK, on the other end of this. You know, I went into the kind of being in a band in around 2003 and came out of it in like 2012 and the music industry totally changed, (laughs) you know, and all that. And it's kind of neat because it's like starting again. And and that's always good. 
you know, fresh point of view, a fresh perspective, a fresh approach on things. And, um, and I find it, yeah, I, 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 I feel a little more re-energized to, and as opposed to me have been trying to plug away at this one thing for 20 years. Yeah. So yeah. it's not, it's nice just, to get away, get yeah, your head out of it. Just being a drummer. Well, I, just being a drummer. I, I wonder what advice do you have for young people who are musicians that, that think they can or, or think they want to produce? And, and I'm asking that from the standpoint of, I know, you know, certainly I've, I've been around enough songwriters um, that, you know, when songs get recorded, there's a very personal attachment to them because when you're a writer, you know, that that's one of your babies. But but would it be safe to say that that, that still doesn't mean that you have what it takes to be a producer, though? Uh, let me you know, that. someone, someone writes a song and they say, you know, I, 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 I want to, I want to make sure that this comes across, that this gets recorded in the spirit with which I wrote it. And, you know, and they, and they've got so close an attachment to it, but I don't know that that necessarily means that every songwriter can produce. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's always nice to get away. I mean, like definitely there's been times in my producing aspect of my career, I liked producing other people's songs better than my own hmm. because I, you can hear it. You hear it because it's new. Mm-hmm. You hear it because you didn't toil away on a part that you think is maybe substandard and you're trying to overcompensate and you're not taking it that way. And I guess it's because it hits you in a certain way. And, and that is what I'm finding now is to make a good producer. And I realize in my past and successes and things that worked out well, what was that key ingredient was I didn't, overdo, I didn't overthink it. And to know how to let it hit me for the first time or to know how to not, yeah, not stifle it too much so that when it hits you every time it's fresh and, and, and the emotional content that comes along with that. And you, to be able to, to, to get the emotion, the, the emotion or feel the emotion and get it across and it doesn't have to be perfect. That was another thing. You don't have to... Mm, pitch it up and, you know, edit it to make, if it's not perfect, but that was a big thing I learned about Beck. If you actually go through some Beck songs on his record, there's some really raggedy tracks, <laughs> but the, the whole makes this thing, this sound. It's not just mm-hmm. that bass part. It's not just that guitar part. There's just bits and you have to be good, comfortable in your skin to let that pass and know that it's going to hit people in a certain way. They're not going to get that detail. Well, I don't want I don't want to put words in your mouth, but would you say that with where both hardware and especially software has come to that maybe for those young people that that think, you know, that they, that they can produce or that they want to produce would and again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but would you say that well, in that case, you know, if it's your first time and and you think you can, maybe try it at home first on GarageBand or on whatever particular software you're running and, and see, you know, but, but again, I, I don't know, Matt, if they'll be objective because obviously you, you want to get to a point where you say, okay, at least I didn't waste my money. This doesn't sound that great. I guess I do need to take it to someone else to produce it. Right. I mean, well, nowadays, I mean, you, when you buy a computer, I mean, you get, you can go online and get free software and free thing. Try it, do it. I mean, it's it, 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 now more than ever. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a participation sport because <laughs> everybody can do it. I mean, so try and, and, and you can put it out there and get response. 
you know, instantly. You can yeah. put your stuff on SoundCloud. You yeah. can put your stuff out there and, and see. I mean, because I find now is if you do it and put it out there, people seek you out if they find something <laughs> they like to do other things. So, I mean, try. I mean, yeah, and, good point. And, and don't be discouraged. I mean, you know, I, I, um, whether it's good or not, is, it's so subjective now. I mean, it's some kinds of music I don't particularly like and some I do, you know, and other people love certain things. And I'm just like, I don't get it. Yeah, you know, well, so I say, give it a go. Try well, it. You know, it, it, it's interesting, the story that you told about the Beck recording, because obviously wildly successful, wildly popular. Yet, you know, here you are saying, if you go and listen to it, it's actually not perfect. So, you know, people obviously liked it anyways and, and weren't granted. And you're, they, you know, you're one of the five percenters, you know, you know what, what you're listening for. But uh, at the same time, you know, it, it it didn't have every T crossed and every I dotted and, um, you know, letter perfect all across the board. Exactly. There wasn't a vision behind it, but it wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it's just getting across your, 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 your vision, your artistic vision. And, 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 you know, and, and nowadays since everybody can do stuff in their bedroom, you know, go for it and, 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 and stand behind it. I mean, you know, and you'll get better. I mean, you know, obviously you'll get comments or negative, positive, whatever, but yeah, confidence is a thing. Being comfortable in your skin. Um, that, I think, leads to being a good producer. And then your aesthetic, you know, and, and, your, and, your, and your, maybe your knowledge of music so you can pull from elements. Because nowadays, there's not really that much new. Everybody's pulling from somewhere. You know, I think the 90s, maybe the early 2000s was the last time we heard anything really new. And now it's done. Mm-hmm. Music is is going to be recycled now. We're you know, we're going to move through the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, <laughs> you know, basically people are going to draw from those things. And, you know, yeah, I just you just got to do it. Well, uh, before I move on with with some other questions that I want to ask you, I, I'd be remiss, uh, be a disservice if we didn't just pause for a moment and, and talk uh, the, the music industry recently lost two giants uh, in Glenn Fry and David Bowie. I just wonder, Matt, if, if you have any ties to either of them or, or even, if not, just any, any thoughts or, or memories of, of one or both of those guys? Um, you know, Eagles. I grew up on the Eagles. Um, yeah. And David Bowie, same, same. I mean, definitely he was a, 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 he's an influence in just individuality um, and, you know, great songs. And another one that... It, was never part of the status quo, which I, I, I like that. I feel I definitely can relate to that. Uh, it's a kindred spirit. You, uh, you know, I've never really hopped on one train. I like how he always would move around and do different stuff and reinvent himself. And, you know, and you just kind of got to do it. And then, I mean, and he's one of the pioneers, both of them. Are, are, we're pioneers. So, you know, we're just not going to ever have that again. I mean, and that's just part of time. We lose those people. And, and and others come up in their place. Will they be as influential? I don't know. But yeah, it just it's it's a uh, it's sad. But I mean, that's part of life. I guess it's a natural state or stage of life is death. So yeah, yep. 
Absolutely. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today in the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville is musician, songwriter, and producer Matt Sherrod. Check out his studio's website at www.boneyardrecordings.com. It's plural. There is an S on there, boneyardrecordings.com. And the studio is also on Facebook and on SoundCloud. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net, as in now hear this entertainment, nhte.net. For every episode of this show, we put the full audio online there, plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free, makes it very easy to get the show every week on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, or by following on SoundCloud. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you, and please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. I mentioned uh, Tim Halperin and Ron Modell so far. And as always, many thanks, of course, to those who are not first-time listeners, very much appreciate your time and your interest and support. We're at just about 100 countries around the world now listening. Ah. Matt, uh, looking at the Crowded House live schedule that's starting to shape up for 2016, I see four consecutive nights at the end of February in the Netherlands. I see a four-day festival in Colorado in June. I see a four-day event in Germany in August. You, you mentioned this a little bit before. When you go on the road, are you able to take other work with you, or or, or do you have, say, in the sake of, of Boneyard Recordings, do you have someone back in Nashville who can keep projects moving forward for you? How, how do you find it to be still wearing your other hats while you're out as as the crowded house drummer? Uh, well, I don't really. I, I do take some stuff. Sometimes I can mix, but uh, and and or work on certain songs, but I you know pretty much I find tour is a little like a vacation, <laughs> so uh, I definitely just soak it in. I mean you know it only happens once in your life that particular time around, and and I, and I'm that way with everything. Like when I'm on a project, I'm only focused on that project. Mm. I don't okay. look. I, I was at a rehearsal the other night, and the one of the guys in the band was checking his. I don't know, Facebook or emails or whatever. Like every time I looked over, he was. And I just, I'm not that guy. I mean, I try to keep my head in the game of what I'm doing and just, you know, uh, when I'm working with an artist, it's all about just doing that. When I'm in the studio or if I'm mixing something, it's all about that until I'm to a point where I can then focus on something else. But, other, you know, most of the time I just try to be in the moment. Um, I find that hard. You know, I find a lot of people like social media and they said, I I read somewhere that they say people do an average of three hours a day on social media. Mm, Well, if you think about that over seven days, that's a day. Wow. On social media, that's 21, 22 hours. People are on social media a week. So, uh, um, yeah. And, and I, I can see, cause when I first got on Facebook, I was a little bit of a junkie, like <laughs> so who friended me, you know? And, <laughs> and then I, I had to pull back and say, you know what? That's fine. It'll, it'll be there when I turn my computer on two days from now. Also, I don't friend when you friend people, other people who are friends, try to friend you. Yeah, I only friend yeah. people I know. So I don't have a ton of friends. I only friend people I know. 
you know, I just try to set some guidelines and try to just be in the moment, do what I need to do. And yeah. And, and, you know, I don't, my phone's off all the time. I check my messages. It's like back in the day when you had an answer machine, you weren't at everybody's <laughs> beck and call all the time. I admire I, that. I, I admire your discipline, you know, especially the, the statement about going on the road kind of being a vacation because in this day and age of, of portability and, and you can bring, you know, a, a small laptop with you or even an, even a tablet, you know, and still be able to do some of that stuff. And you're saying it's not even, you know, I'm trying to travel light. It's not even, you know, actually the band tells us, you know, we really got to be dialed in with, you know, with, with all things crowded house, you're just saying it's, it's a conscious choice that you personally are making to say, look, I'm just going to be all in with, with whatever it is I'm, I'm working on at that particular time. That's, that's admirable because as, as you're pointing out, it is a very rare thing these days. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I do take a little, my laptop and some stuff, little speakers, and and I because I love to do music. So and you can do great stuff on your laptop, and and you, and and I'm a big fan of when the when the moment when the, when the inspiration strikes, and it's fleeting. Creativity is fleeting. So you, I always try to have the opportunity or at least the tools around to put down my ideas. Sure. And and because a lot of times for me, those initial ideas are are the record. It, mm. In some form or fashion, there's bits or parts of that that will be the catalyst to a recording that will actually, you know, be a song or be cut on an artist or something. So I always keep that, you know, a little something. But I don't say I got this to do and I'm going to take it on the road and I have this job that I need to finish and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I leave it mm-hmm. as a creative thing. And, you know, between that and I always take a bicycle with me on mm. tour. So between that and the bike, you know, that's kind of my free time. Go out and explore a city somewhere on your bike and come back and maybe you were inspired to make some beats or write a song or something. So, you know, I, I like just it. try to keep it. Yeah, I just kind of keep it simple and 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 just be able to, like I say, react to creativity in some degree. Cool. Cool. I like it. Uh, let's, let's have a little fun here. I, I mentioned in the intro, some of the major festivals that you've played Coachella, Glastonbury, Bonnaroo, uh, any real great highlight that sticks out a, a cool story that, that you might want to share with the listeners? Um, I mean, there's, there's always something, let's see. <laughs> well, um, uh, a couple good crowded house ones, uh, the crowded house, when I first joined that band, their first kind of comeback uh, gig in the United States was um, Coachella. And we ended up being on the same stage, which was the main stage, but it was a random stage that year. It was like Willie Nelson, us, mm. Manu Chow, but it was Rage Against the Machine. Mm. They were the headliner. Mm-hmm. And actually we got pelted with bottles. <laughs> so that was fun. Not, but we pushed on through and then all the crowded house fans kind of gave a pushback to all the rage fans. Wow. And, and then at the end, Neil had everyone singing, don't dream it's over. So <laughs> it all worked out, but that was a pretty um, funny, oh, kind of weird and disturbing <laughs> moment. Um, memorable yeah. for not the reasons that one would typically <laughs> think. <laughs> yeah, that, that was definitely interesting. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's been a few, uh, uh, there's been some amazing, I mean, Crowded House has been amazing in that way because the fans are so committed. Um, and you go to some place like, uh, particular, like, uh, like we did Glastonbury and Neil, um, 
they have security that faces the audience and they all have mm-hmm. numbers on their backs. Mm-hmm. And so Neil started calling them out, number 22, turn around, <laughs> turn around. And they weren't, they're not supposed to turn around because they're always supposed to face the audience. But he, he got them all to, <laughs> to do the thing. And it was, that was pretty fun. The crowd all egged them on. And he's good like that. It's definitely, you never know what you're going to get at one of those shows. So, I mean, to the point of Nick, uh, the bass player, getting his bike and riding it around the stage uh, during a show or having a foot race with some kid up to the back of the soundboard and back with our keyboard player. Wow. Just wow. random, random, you know, stuff. So, I mean, people coming up and, you know, Neil call someone up and, hey, I know this song. Can I play it on guitar? So the wow. guy would come up on stage and, you know, just that kind of <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, there's definitely been some random stuff with Beck. It's the same thing. There's definitely random people come on stage or we'll have a dance party at the last song and people will come out on stage and dance. And yeah, just you never can Good tell. Times. Yeah. I mean, and and that's what it's about. I feel like these days because the real music recorded music isn't as valuable as mm. the performance of mm. so the time that you're there at that particular gig. So I feel well like said. when an artist when an artist can make that that gig special that's a one in once in a lifetime tri- kind of thing well you know said. that's like that's what makes people your fans and that's what can sustain you as opposed to the, oh, a record that you make people yeah. will buy that and and know the material they can find it they can stream it whatever you know but it's the gigs and if you can make your gigs amazing and like you know legendary then people will pay to come to see you play. And that's, that's, the, that's the economy now with, uh, uh, with artists. You have to have some sort of live show that, even if you're a one-man band, you, you got to make it uh, something amazing. It keeps the fans talking about you because, like you say, the album can come out and the album can be fantastic, but it gets to a point where, okay, how many times are you going to tell me how great the third song is on the new album? Like, I get it, you know, but but when they can have these conversations ongoing, did you hear what happened at their show last night in Insert City here? And a couple days later, did you hear what happened at their show last night at Insert City here? You know, and and it's just, you know, this community that forms literally around the world, uh, thanks to Al Gore's invention called the internet that uh, <laughs> does does keep people really rallying around the band for for exactly what you're describing and and not because their new album is fantastic and okay we get it we all bought it you know now what do we do um, right you know we're, we're really about serving the up-and-comers through this show and, and helping those that are doing everything themselves uh, independent recording artists but still so many of them would love to get the opportunity to collaborate with a major established artist i have one client whose accompanist also performs with Gloria Estefan. And now he was just telling me last night that his newest project is going to be with Jennifer Lopez. Um, Matt, as as someone who has worked with the likes of of Beck and and Macy Gray and others, would you say that those opportunities come as a result of knowing the right people or or as a result of one big break or or just getting your name out there or some combination Um, of those? What's your advice that way? It's definitely, uh, you know, what is, what do they call, uh, luck and preparedness is, is opportunity or what is that saying they use? But yeah. I find it very true. Yeah. Mark um, Allen Barnett said that, uh, on, on, his, on his first appearance on the show. Um, I think it's luck is where opportunity and preparation meet. That's, that's it. Said. That's it. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and then that, that, that is it. I mean, you know, it's just kind of people, you know, yes. And you know, work you've done. I mean, and you just, you got to put yourself out there. I mean, you just, you can't say no 
you know, in a way. You have to be open. I know a lot some artists that are like, oh, I'm not going to do that because it's not really what I do. But, you know, you kind of just need to be open and open for things and, 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 and they will come. I mean, fear is a, is a hard thing to overcome if you don't feel like you can insert yourself into a specific situation or, you know, um, and I know that firsthand because, you know, I didn't, never thought I'd, I never liked playing drums in front of people ever. I would, wow. I was fine in the studio, wow. but I just like, oh, I could never play a show. What if I mess up? What if, you know, this and that and the other. And, in, and now it's, I love it. I mean, the adventure <laughs> of it is, is, is amazing. And you just, yeah, you have to, you know, persevere and be open to things and, 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 and you know, and, and a good attitude, you know. Hmm. And, and then people will and, – and, and, and promote creativity. If, if people feel like they can be creative with you and be, you know, open, then you'll get a lot more invitations to work with people. Well said. That's that's very good advice. Uh, we're going to close today with a song, Matt, that you played drums and percussion on. It's by William Crichton. It's called Dig Your Mind. So before we let you go, tell the listeners about this song, please. Ah, uh, William Crichton. He is an Australian who I met in Nashville, and then he moved back to Australia. And uh, this is a funny story. We, we, we've been, we always kind of connect here and there. And I would, I've, I've mixed a little EP for him before. And then he invited me to come to Australia and we were going to do a video project. Actually, we re- he lived in this little house, uh, in a kangaroo sanctuary, which was really odd. Wow. Um, and he was like, we're going to set up some cameras and record some songs live and make a little EPK video for him to do some other gigs. He was setting up a festival in, in this particular park where he lived at this house we we started to record we realized the, the filming wasn't going to work but we recorded like uh, six songs with uh, five other musicians and it was all live in this little house and lo and behold universal australia picked it up as a mm. record and wow. we finished four more songs and i we kind of pieced it all together to make a complete album of 10 11 with a bonus track songs and now it it'll be out on abc universal music in australia new zealand uh in march the first single comes out and um yeah we how recorded cool there that? how cool yeah. is that what, and, a, what a great story so that that's the story behind that um that that song i played drums on uh, all of it was pretty much mixed here in nashville some of the overdubs were here in nashville and um yeah we got it done gorilla style it was yeah pretty <laughs> You pretty, yeah, it's pretty um, harrowing at times, but it's fun. And um, yeah, uh, it was a family affair. My, my wife played bass, not on this track, but on a, another track on the uh, album. And she's okay. doing all the artwork for the album as well. Nice. So, um, and he's an amazing artist. Look for him. Um, we're going to start another record in April and moving on forward. Cool. And uh, listeners, William Crichton, it's C-R-I-G-H-T-O-N. Uh, Matt, good stuff. Really enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. That will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to musician, songwriter, and producer Matt Sherrod. Do be sure to visit the official website for his recording studio. It's www.boneyardrecordings.com. And also find the studio on Facebook and on SoundCloud. Uh, Get in touch. Let Matt know that you heard him on Now Hear This Entertainment. Don't forget to visit www.nhte.net 
and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. That's it, just one field to complete. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share. They call it repost episodes there. And you can also follow on SoundCloud. Let's get your feedback on the show too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel all on nhte.net. Plus there's a link there to the show on Instagram. Or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nhte.net. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online on their website at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with the song by William Crichton that Matt Sherrod just talked about and played on. It's called Dig Your Mind. Yeah.